free time is kind of hard to come by. We all know what that's like, especially with Father Bill being out of town this past week. It's been good to get experience of being the one priest here, keeping things kind of running. But uh, when free time does come around, maybe over a quick lunch or something like that, I find myself nurturing a hobby that I've been developing of playing tennis or, or if I don't have time to do that, to watch tennis at least, some professional tennis on, uh, on television. And uh, I've been noticing, I've been watching uh, men's professional tennis, right? And, uh, and then as well, women's professional tennis. And it turns out there are a few little rule differences between the two. One that I noticed just recently was that uh, in women's tennis, they are uh, allowed to have their coaches on the court with them and to give them some advice and some coaching. And whereas the men's, it doesn't seem that they do that. I don't know, just different philosophies of, of, uh, of playing a tennis match. But anyhow, I've been noticing that uh, in between sets of, uh, in the match, in these women's uh, professional tennis matches, in between sets, the, the coach will come up to the, uh, to the player and, uh, and just give words of advice and encouragement. And it's, it's nice. They have the microphone, I guess, close by, so you can hear these words of encouragement, see the face of the player, you know, go from just being frustrated maybe and, and tired, and, but see those words of that coach, you know, cheering them on, you know, telling them nothing too different that they didn't already know, you know, got to keep the ball, you know, keep pressure on the other player, put the ball deep into the court, you know, and reminding that player you can do this, you know, that trophy, that this, this tournament is in your reach, you have the experience, you have the ability, you can do this, you know, just... Words of encouragement and what the difference, the kind of difference that it makes in that player. You know, just, it's just like a minute long or so, but afterwards, a new energy that they have coming back into the next set because of those words from their coach or trainer. So I've been noticing that this past week, every once in a while watching these tennis matches and been appreciating that. And so when I turn to the readings for this weekend, this second Sunday in Lent, it's no surprise to me, at least, that I started comparing the Lord Jesus and these readings from our Lord as it were he being our coach this weekend, he being our trainer. And just as he steps aside with Peter and John and James, that is Jesus, he steps aside, he pulls them up this mountain and shows them something beautiful. He shows them a glimpse of his divinity. He shows them a glimpse of his glory so that they might be encouraged in their journey encouraged before Jesus enters into his sacrifice. And so too for you and me this weekend, Jesus is gathering us together, his close friends. He's stepping us, he's pulling us aside out of our day-to-day -day lives so that we might be encouraged, encouraged as a parish, encouraged as individuals in our Christian journey, and especially in Lent to be encouraged in our Lenten observances, which are difficult. And if they're not difficult, they ought to maybe intensify things a little bit, because this is a difficult season, a season where we intensify our prayer, our fasting, and our almsgiving so that we can grow closer to the Lord, and we need encouragement. So here we are still early on. Maybe we've fallen away from our observances. The Lord is saying, let's gather ourselves back in. Let's rededicate ourselves to growing in holiness and not settle for anything less than growing in holiness, growing closer to Jesus Christ. So again, he is, it seems to be, like our coach. Our coach who's encouraging us that we know how to get there. We know how to get to heaven. We know what it takes. It takes work, and it's worth it, he's saying. It's worth it for you and me to do whatever it takes to achieve holiness. St. Paul, in the second reading this morning, says that we are citizens of heaven. And he says that we are, our bodies will be conformed and glorified to be like Jesus' glorified body. How amazing and attractive is that idea? I know it is for me. It's so encouraging to know that we have that in our future waiting for us, to be glorified like Jesus was glorified. 
St. Paul also says we are citizens of heaven. That's what we are first and foremost. Before we're citizens of this country, for example, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are his children. And I know this is a great day, a celebrating day of St. Patrick's Day. I hope many of us, those who are interested, are able to find some great St. Patrick's Day parties to partake in today. But just a reminder, St. Patrick, being in heaven, is, going, is, is participating in the greatest of all St. Patrick's Day parties in the wedding feast of our Lord in heaven for all eternity. We are citizens of that same party, and we just are on our way getting there to that greatest of all celebrations because we're citizens of heaven. And we're waiting for our bodies to be glorified and conformed to Jesus's. But in the meantime, we need to rededicate ourselves to this Lenten fast, this Lenten commitment that we've made. And so listen to the words of encouragement of Jesus. Let this transfiguration of our Lord, let his glory seep into our lives in a deeper way today, this morning, so that we might be recharged, re-energized, and might be reminded why Jesus came. He came to free us from sin. He came to free us from the slavery to different addictions, different attachments that we have in this life. And we take this Lenten time to cooperate with Jesus and allowing him to destroy our attachments to sin, our attachments to the ego, our, our tendency to division and isolation. Allow Jesus to destroy that sinfulness that we all suffer from by giving up certain things, by praying more intensely during this time. For we are destined to be citizens of heaven and nothing less. And we need to be free of sin if we are to enjoy that. The Lord is about destroying sin. And yesterday, yesterday was such a joy for me. We had our first reconciliation. And it's funny, you know, some people get, think that we Catholics are hung up on guilt, that we just emphasize, you know, being sorry for our sins and, and feeling guilty about our sins. But, you know, while that is a part of our faith, that is so far from the center of our faith. Yesterday, being a part of any reconciliation, but especially first reconciliation for our second graders, that was a joyful celebration. It was such a joy for everyone involved, I think, especially seeing those children's faces after they had been forgiven, known that they've received the Lord's reconciliation and forgiveness. That is what our Lord is about, destroying sin so that we might be free to live in forgiveness, to live in the glory that God calls us to live in. And so today, our Lord is our coach, our trainer. He's pulled us aside to remind us these things, to encourage us, to cheer us along the way to our good Lenten observance of giving up, casting out those things which keep us apart from God and apart from one another. The Lord reminds us this pearl of great price is so worth the struggle.